Hello to everybody who knows that they're not arrows, they're bolts. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one, I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to Beautiful Anonymous. I am so excited for you to hear today's episode. It is one I have thought about and giggled about since we recorded it months ago. This caller, you can tell from the title, this caller just went for it. Before I even get in there, I know there's some people who say I'm I'm pushing my shows too much. Please just bear with me. I promise I'm not trying to be annoying. I'm just trying to get my life and my profession and uh, my ability to earn a mortgage up and running again. It's coming out Tuesday, August 17th, 2021, Thursday the 19th, Friday the 20th, Saturday the 21st. I'll be at the Creek in the Cave in Austin, Texas. Ticket sales have been bad, which I get. But if you're vaccinated, healthy, want to come out, have a good laugh, I'm working on a set that I am proud of. And a lot of it is turning into something where I'm going, ooh, this might actually be some pretty uh, special stuff. (laughs) Getting some people feeling a little uncomfortable and then we're laughing real hard out there. Okay. Uh, chrisgeth.com if you want to come out Austin and if you want to check out I'm doing like 20 cities throughout the year so go check anyway this week's episode it just makes me laugh so hard you can tell from the title I quit my job now I sell crossbows that's awesome I think that's really cool you're talking about you sell crossbows it's like the whole premise of this show someone says something to me like that and I go what and then we talk for an hour about crossbows and rearranging your whole life about the sales of crossbows. That's what things now revolve around. It's crossbow sales. This is how the world works sometimes, everybody. This is life. There's people out there doing this. Sometimes we dive in to stuff that's heavy. And this one has some aspects of what it's like to make life sacrifices. In the, but then more importantly, crossbows 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 thank you for calling beautiful anonymous a beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host hello hello hi hey chris yeah is this chris yeah it's chris hi hi how's it going how's it going um Ups and downs, but I'm feeling good. I was going through some tough stuff for a while, but I feel like I'm on the upswing, so that's good. That's good. Good. How, how are good. you? Good to hear that. Love that. I'm doing. I'm doing okay. Uh, had a little bit of like a funky week, I guess so far. I mean, Monday and Tuesday were kind of just like feeling a little fatigued, you know, just a little wore out. But uh, up on upswing also today, feeling feeling a little bit better today. So so that's good. That's good. That's good. You your voice have we spoken before? Uh no, I don't think no. so. You sound quite familiar to me. No. But maybe you just have one of those oh. you just have that vibe. Well, excellent. I love that vibe. That's a great vibe. Great vibe. I did come to your show uh in Detroit. Uh, the one with the um, oh the the Motor the City guys. Mayhem guys yeah that, that <laughs> the was Motor guys. City Mayhem yeah yeah Ooh. I was at that show so that was that was a good time definitely a great time for sure yeah I love so, those dudes yeah that's yeah, cool thanks for coming so. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was amazing. We were really lucky to be able to see you before the world went crazy. So yeah, happy to see you. <laughs> well, I tell you, one of my uh, one of the reasons I'm on an upswing is that they're starting to schedule more shows for me again in the fall. So I'm gonna oh, be doing great. Yeah. more live tapings and more stand up. I'm going. Oh, it's that feels like. Uh, like I get to use this muscle again. That's kind of been like tied down. It's like if they tied one of my arms down to my body for a year, it's this thing I do that I don't get to do. Right. Anyway, we all have our version of it. Right, What's exactly. up? What's up? What are we talking exactly. about? Today? Well, Chris. Okay. Well, I wanted to, I guess, talk to you about how I decided about a month and a half ago that I was just going to leave my corporate job. I've been working at a corporate job since I was, uh, since I was probably about 19 or 20 years old. Um, <laughs> and I, I've just been doing it on my own since then. And I decided a month and a half ago that I was going to quit because it was a toxic environment. And I just was having a really hard time. I've been working from home as we all have, you know, since, uh, the world went to shit and, uh, I don't know. I, for about six months, I was really telling myself, like, I am just, I'm burnt out. I can't do this anymore. I was just working in, uh, I was working for like a Fortune 500 company uh, in purchasing, handling lots and lots of money. I was making really decent money. And uh, I was really, really unhappy. Uh, I have been following, you know, your podcast for a a long time. um, And read your book, uh, uh, Lose Well, uh, when it came out and it was really sort of enlightening. And, um, I've been really thinking about for a couple of years, it's like, man, I have really just been living for other people for the longest time. Like I have just been living for somebody else's dream for so many years because it feels like I have just been struggling to survive for, since I was 19 years old. Like it's, I've been basically on my own since I was 19. And it's, it's just crazy. So I, I put in my two weeks notice. um, And I talked to the HR representative there and told her all about how I was feeling, uh, really expressed my feelings about how I was feeling, uh, you know, kind of singled out as a young woman in the workplace, and that nobody would listen to me. There's definitely like a huge, huge problem going on in the, in the corporate world still at least where I was that, you know, it's a lot of like the good old boys club, just feeling really nobody wanted to listen to me. And I just, I threw my hands up and I told my husband, I said, I, you have to give me permission to quit. Like you have to, you have to tell me that it's okay to quit because I I will work until like, I can no longer be a person anymore. So I don't know. Um, I quit. Um, and I didn't have any other plans. Um, I've been streaming on Twitch for about a year uh, since COVID started. It was kind of something that I started up and have always wanted to do, which is basically streaming my feet, my face to the internet and uh, playing video games online, which is really crazy. Um, and people like want to watch and like want to talk to me and it's, it's nuts. And that kind of gave me the push to just say like, wow, like <laughs> I am a really creative person. I do have an outlet. People do are interested in the things that I'm doing. I am just going to go. <laughs> so now I, I didn't have a plan, um, but I now um, 
am helping my entrepreneurial friend uh, run his online crossbow business. And that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Excuse me? Could you repeat that? Could you repeat that last part again? Uh, I am working with a friend to yeah. sell cross crossbows. Crossbows. Online. Like C R O S S B O W. Crossbows. Crossbows. Yep. Like like zombie apocalypse. Like I'm gonna shoot yeah. a zombie in the head with a crossbow because all of the ammunition will be gone when the zombie apocalypse happens. Right. So bows, you can just, you know, you can make. Yeah, like uh, crossbows. Like, like a bow and yeah. arrow turned horizontal, mounted on a device that resembles a gun with a trigger. You've got it. Mm-hmm. Crossbows. crossbows. If you could see the grin on my face right now, you'd be <laughs> thrilled. To hear that you quit a corporate job where you felt like you were just getting swallowed up, let alone by the good old boys, you said, screw it, I'm going to go play video games and sell crossbows. This is my dream society you're describing. I would love it if it's, everyone in the world became a crossbow salesperson. I would love that. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's a whole different animal, Chris. It's a whole different animal than what I was doing. So, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It was, it's just my, my friend who does it, this is, he calls it his side hustle. Like, he he's just he's real entrepreneurial. He he owns businesses and things, and he's he's young like like I am. I'm 34, so it's uh it's just it's just crazy. Like it's it's just it's so insane to just like wake up every day, turn on the Google Hangout or whatever, and 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 just like talk to this guy about uh you know we've been friends for years, so it's it's nice to just like hang out with my friend and talk about how like are we actually doing this right now like. There's actually like this crazy market for it and people want crossbows. And like, if you ship them to them online, like they're just going to buy them. And it's insane. It's- <laughs> I'm so sorry to laugh, but every time you say the word crossbow. No. So there's a big, there's a thriving crossbow market right now, you say. There's a, there's a thriving crossbow market right now. And is Absolutely. this because, because it's, it, I tell you, like one of my, the stand up joke that I started my set with for years was all about like making apocalypse plans, ha ha ha. But I feel like I'm glad I filmed that joke in 2019 and it's coming out on a special in 2021. And thank God, because by 20, by mid 2020, I feel like that joke was obsolete because now people really are like, oh no, 2020 shown. I need to have an apocalypse plan. Like it's no longer like, oh, these crazy doomsday preppers. Is it those pe- Is it people going, I'm not comfortable owning a, a firearm, but a crossbow seems like a good way to protect my home and family? Is it that? Yeah, ex- exactly. It's exactly that. People are buying them not only for, uh, there's a whole hunting market, right? Where people, you know, do all sorts of, uh, you know, archery hunting themselves like that. But there's a whole market of people that are just like, I feel safer having a crossbow in my home than a, than like a firearm, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I mean, I guess like if you, if you <laughs> think that you're fast enough and that you can, you can load this thing and, and go to town on somebody who's, you know, busting down your door during the zombie apocalypse, trying to get your food and stuff. Sure. Like, it <laughs> sounds great. And it's been going well. Sales are healthy. This is enough to support. Sales are healthy. Yep. So he, so he started it about a year ago. 
Um, and so he, I'm his first hire and, uh, things are going really well. His, his sales are up and, uh, they don't seem to be slowing down. Like you said, people are in apocalypse mode right now, I think. Well, you know, it's, it makes it cause you know, I bought a house in January of 2020, which was really good timing. Um, mm-hmm. I get yeah. to, I, you know, I was able to leave New York city and not be labeled as one of the people who fled New York City. I was like, no, I already was leaving. And that being said, I do, I do have this place mm-hmm. to go. It's not, anyway, it's not just about me and my weird tangents. But living here, I've realized like they're saying like lumber. The cost has gone through the roof. Every contractor you talk to goes, everything costs more now because wood costs us mm-hmm. five times what it did. I know that we like. Mm-hmm. We had to get our house painted. So we're interviewing a guy, you know, he comes to give us an estimate. He goes, uh, usually this time of year, I would give maybe like three estimates a day on a busy day. He's like, today, now I'm averaging like nine to 11 estimates a day. I feel like everybody's spending so much of time at home that they're thinking more about their mm-hmm. homes. And I guess thinking about mm-hmm. defending your home is a natural extension of that for some people. Right. Because I mean, we've become so dependent on like, that is your safe, that's your safe haven, you know, because everybody has been at home for so long for over a year now, you know, we're sort of maybe starting to come out of it now, but it's, you know, that's, you want to protect your safe haven because you know that you're safe there because, you know, we're all being told to stay home, stay safe. Yeah. You know, you don't want uh, I don't know. You don't want crazies coming into your home. I don't know. It's, you know, with all the turbulence going on with everybody and disagreements all over the world, it's, you know, I think there's just this heightened sense of people just wanting to protect themselves in general. So it kind of feels, it, it's a crazy business to be in. It's like, well, crossbows, what? But at the same time, it's like, oh, wow, we actually are providing, you know, comfort and safety to these people that, that really want it. So that's been really cool to kind of have a job that is feeling a little bit more purposeful than what I was doing. So. And are you, is it, is it, are you selling individual crossbows or are these bulk sales? Are you trying to find places that sell crossbows to get into distribution deals or is it, nope, somebody wants a crossbow and they, they call me up and I, I provide a crossbow. Yep. It's just, it's just single crossbows. So, I mean, we brought, we buy them from like a, just from a manufacturer, like overseas. And then we, we warehouse them here in, in the States. So then when somebody plays, they can just place an order online for a crossbow and we will just ship it to them. So it's Got yeah, it. just so single you, crossbows. So you are mm-hmm. the crossbow distributor. These are not like craft handmade artisanal hipster crossbows. This is let's get them. From no, but overseas. that would be that would be cool though. I would really like to get into doing something like that. Like it's it's opened this whole new world of like interesting things that it's like I can't wait to get my hands on one of these. To I, I've only been doing it for about a month, so it's like I can't get my wait wait to get my hands on it to figure out how it works. And like I don't know, maybe I will go outside and maybe <laughs> whittle one from trees, like. That would be cool. So you you said you haven't gotten one of the crossbows that you're selling yet? No, not yet, because it's distribution, okay? We have all sorts of shipping delays and all sorts of things, so I can't even get my hands on one right now. So, And plus, we want to make sure that we're getting things to our customers first. Customers always come first. Very right. important. Oh, of course. You'll get no argument from me. Mm-hmm. Listen, and the last thing you want to do... 
is piss off somebody who's in the market for a crossbow. If they're already exactly. buying a crossbow, you don't want this person exactly. mad at you. Like I've gotten mad sometimes exactly. at, at customer service situations. I I ordered a wheelbarrow at Home Depot and they were supposed to deliver it and it <laughs> kept getting rescheduled. And I finally had to call them and say, hey, I can't just wait eternally for a wheelbarrow. Cancel the order. Yep. And I was steamed. Mm-hmm. I was more steamed than I just made it sound, but that's a wheelbarrow. If you're dealing with somebody who's yep. steamed, who's going, hey, I'm the type of person who wants a crossbow in my life. You don't want that person steamed at you. Exactly. Exactly. And what's crazy is like, we've all become so accustomed to like the Amazon lifestyle, right? Where it's like things just ship the next day and they arrive at their at their door. In this case, we are still considered a small business. So it's like, we're, we can't really ship to you next day. We can, we can do our best and try, but there's all sorts of things that are out of our control when it comes to uh, when it comes to shipping and things like that. So, but yeah, we definitely do have the demographic of people that get a little heated. So usually it can be diffused with a phone call though. They really, they really enjoy, uh, getting an actual person on the phone. So that's, that's been really, really fun to talk to different types of people and listen to their stories and stuff. And Mm -hmm. they just are so thrilled when you call. (laughs) They are so thrilled. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I'll tell you right now, I ordered myself a bat box. You familiar with a bat box? A a bat like B A T like a bat. A bat box. Like a base base baseball bat? No, like flying mammals. Rats with wings. Oh yeah, you put them on your trees, right? You put them on your trees, and then the bats live there, and then the bats bats don't want to sneak into your attics, and then the bats eat thousands of mosquitoes a night. And this bat box yeah. just hasn't shown up. I'm going, where's my bat box? But again, if I call those people mad, they don't they don't need to be concerned because I'm the type of person that wants a natural mosquito remediation system. It's a lot different than wanting right, a, cr- exactly. a crossbow, you know? Now, exactly. do you just sell the crossbows or are you also selling the bolts, right? They're not called arrows. They're called bolts, I believe. They're called bolts, correct. You got that. Yeah, we, we sell the bolts. We sell accessories. We have, um, what else do we have? We have the bolts. There's like a strap you can buy. We've got a bag you can carry it in. There's Mm -hmm. there's two different crossbows too. There's like a big one and then there's like a little one. So the little one's kind of cool. You can kind of like shoot it from the hip a little more, I guess. So that's that's really exciting for people. They really like the the fun aspect of it. So So there's one that's more of like a handgun equivalent of a crossbow? Yeah, I would, yeah, I would call it that for sure. Yep. We got the little bolts for those. They're like a nice little pretty blue color. I really like those. Those are, those are cool. Okay. Okay. And, and how would you respond if I informed you that for all my kind of uh, jokes today and sense of wonder, if I told you that when I was uh, 19 years old, I owned a crossbow. Oh, you did. So you're even more of an expert than I am because I'm definitely very beginner and would, I'm learning everything about it right now. No, I would actually say that my owning of one was foolish and dangerous. Here's what happened is <laughs> any anybody who grew up in New Jersey in the the 80s and 90s, if you were in like, you know, like from the middle half of the state up, all over New Jersey, there's these there were these flea markets. There's still a bunch and, and we call them dirt malls around here. Kevin Smith called them dirt malls. Okay. Dirt malls. They're just kind of these low rent flea markets where it would be like, it would always be like, 
here's a place where you can, you know, you can get a tattoo and then it's like a corrugated tin booth. And then right next to that one is a place where you could buy like, if you want to go buy like wingtip shoes. And then next to that is a place where you can get the worst pizza in your life. And then here's the place where it's just some guy who has a bunch of like not even organized comic books and old baseball cards. And then at almost every one of these flea markets was a place where you could get wrist rockets and blow dart guns and and little mini crossbows. So it was very shady. Okay. You could probably buy like your ninja throwing stars <laughs> there, uh, butterfly knives, oh, sick. Yeah. that type of stand. And me and my idiot friends, when I was at Rutgers, we went to the Route 18 flea market, which I think was in East Brunswick. Yeah, we got ourselves a blowgun and a crossbow and we used to shoot them in our dorm room and and we stopped because I once shot one down the hallway and a kid opened his door and walked out and I came about eight inches from severing one of his arteries. It just like went right past his thigh and kept sailing. I said, I should not own a crossbow. So that's my experience with crossbows. Yeah, that sounds real dangerous. It sounds like you may not have needed one at that point. There was no apocalyptic things happening. You were just shooting them for fun. So down the hallway at other people on accident. What are the restrictions on owning a crossbow? Restrictions? That's a good question. Um, Oh, you should know the answer to that. Let's uh, let's pause there. I bet I bet many people listening had that same reaction I did in real time. We're gonna find out that very important answer and hear about a lot more things when we get back. Thank you to our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call. are the restrictions on owning a crossbow? Restrictions? That's a good question. Um, oh, you should that, know the answer know, to that. Your answer you know, should. You I should. You sell them. I've only been doing it a month. I've only been doing it a month. Okay. Let's, let, you know, I would think that's the first there thing. There are not. <laughs> <laughs> I would think that's the day one lesson. Let's go over the rules. Day one the rules of the crossbow right yeah uh you would think right you would think that that's 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 that would be it yeah so and i think that's part of the reason why you know my friend kind of has brought me on is because we are like i have asked him several times you know this is this is kind of something that he's been working on for over a year and i'm like do you have like you know like legal things in place like what are you doing like what like what are you doing to actually like make sure that this is okay so uh, it, I think, you know, just kind of over the course of the last year, he's been talking with me about it. And I've been, you know, just kind of like, yeah, it would be really cool to work with you. And like, I could like help you maybe figure out, maybe we should hire a lawyer. I don't know. So uh, it's maybe part of the reason. And I know part of the reason is because he knows that I think about those things. And so, and, you know, a month into it, it's like, okay, starting to get ramped up. I understand the systems now. I understand, you know, kind of what he's doing. It's like, okay, I can start to dive in and understand, you know, what are, what, what are the restrictions? You know, they have all sorts of restrictions over, uh, overseas. There are certain um, countries that we can't ship to because they do have restrictive laws. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not a gun. It's, it's not like a, like a firearm. It is a weapon. Um, But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because the, the restrictions on crossbows in the States 
don't really seem to be that there are really none. I mean, I'm sure there are. Um, and I definitely have to look into it much deeper and understand it more. But um, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's it's teetering on, you know, is this is this OK? You know, but uh, now, yeah, so as you definitely hear, a little, little. As you hear yourself say that out loud to hear, it sounds like you were in cor- the corporate mm-hmm. world for 15 or 16 years, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yep. To know that you went from the corporate world, which had its own flaws, to hear yourself saying things like, I'm now working in an industry where I need to ask, is this even allowed? How does that feel? Yep. Honestly, Chris, it's it's invigorating. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's exciting, okay? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's exciting to be doing something that it's like, you know, I, I was dying. I was, I was literally dying. I was so stressed out with everything that I was doing. And it's like, I was at a point where I was just like, nothing fucking matters. Like everything that I'm doing in this job, I don't care about any, anything that's going on. Why am I here? Why am I even here? I can't fix anything. I couldn't get anything done. And it was just like the same thing over and over every single day. And I was just, I was at, I was so bored and I was, I was bored, but there was so much to do. And it was just this, this special kind of hell that it just couldn't escape. And so to have something like this, where it's literally like, I will sit on a call with my, my boss and we will just be like, well, we should probably look into that and we should probably figure this out. It's, it's exciting. And it's, it's different and it's new and it's, I'm not staring at four gray cubicle walls anymore. And I mean, I haven't been, you know, since working from home, but it's, there's all of this opportunity out there and it might not work out. This whole thing might explode in our faces and it might, it might fail, but it's exciting to try something that is just like so off the wall and feeling so grateful that I have the opportunity to just jump out there and just try, try it. You know, it just, it feels, it feels, it's questionable, but it feels really good. You know, it's just, love it. It just, it, it feels good to have like the shackles removed. <laughs> I love that it. We're just on there for so long. Well, look, I think there's going to be a lot of reckoning with this. I think there, mm-hmm. like, I know for me, I was even saying before, I haven't been able to go out and do shows. And that's been, mm-hmm. it's, it really feels like this part of me that's like like suffocating. At the same time, I've had dinner with my family every night for a year plus. I've, I've That never mm-hmm. happens. That The idea that I'd have dinner with yeah. my family every night of the week as a comedian, no. I'd either be traveling to do shows or, you know, going around New York doing shows to, to keep my chops up. It's a silver lining. Mm-hmm. My wife has pointed mm-hmm. out, I have a two-year-old son. My friendship with him is far beyond what it would have been if I was working my regular schedule. And I feel like there's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of people with a reckoning right now going, all right, we're coming out of this thing. So. Do mm-hmm. I, am I the same person I was going into it? Or have things been exposed about about how I was living where I didn't even realize how much I was in a rat race, you know? how much I was in a rat race. 
I saw, I once saw some yeah. graffiti. I'm sure this is like a cliche phrase. This sounds like something that would be on a t-shirt you'd buy like down at the Jersey Shore boardwalk. But I once saw some graffiti <laughs> in Brooklyn that said, the thing about the rat race is even if you win the race, you're still a rat. And I was like, that, yes. that right there is why I, wow. even when I want to quit, that's why I don't. That's why I don't. And I bet there's going to be a lot of people that come out of it. And not everybody can sell crossbows, right? But I wonder if there's people who are going to go, <laughs> well, I wonder if there's going to people, going to be I, people who are going, going to go, maybe I'll work a job where I, I make less money, but I'll eliminate my commute mm-hmm. and just work someplace in my hometown and shrink my costs. You know, I wonder if there's going to be a lot of people yeah. going, I want to keep doing what I'm doing, but I want to do it freelance so I can pick up work as needed and enjoy these lifestyle changes. It's uh, I bet there's yeah. a lot of people in the in I your think. shoes right now. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I'm really curious to see, you know, six months, a year from now, you know, how we're all doing, you know, now that we're all, you know, coming out of it and everybody's getting vaccinated and it seems like there's a light at the end of the tunnel now, it's, you know, what are we going to do with that light, you know, that yeah. we've spent all this time with our with ourselves, you know, in uh, quarantine or, you know, working from home. It's like you can exist at home with your job and, and still live your life, right? The way that you want to live it and that you are thriving and, I don't know, taking care of your plants at home and things. And oh, I don't know, it's yeah. nice to just be able to go outside on my porch, you know, during the day and eat, eat a sandwich or, you know, go for a walk. And it's like, you can't do that in, a, in the corporate world. Like, you, and maybe some places do, but there's going to be a huge change as far as there's going to have to be for, for corporate corporate America, you know, to, to be more flexible with people, you know, living at home, like working from home, uh, because people are realizing, like, I can spend time with my family and do my job. I don't have to be in a gray cubicle, slaving away and staring at my phone for three of the eight hours that I'm there, you know, and feeling like unfulfilled. So yeah, the- I think you're right. I think that they're and let's not and for a lot of people too, like, oh, the eight hours that I'm there, and then also the 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 hour and a half I commute each way sitting in traffic, yep. which mm-hmm. is just more dead time for my body and my brain. And then all these mm-hmm. other stories I hear too, you know, p- people even having things as simple as like even young parents, I've heard a lot of young parents go, the fact that I can be at work and it feels as productive as it's ever been, but then when lunchtime hits, like I, I can come out and I can cook lunch for my kid and my spouse can go run some errands and get some things done that they wouldn't have been able to get done in the normal. You sit there, you go, that is such a simple life adjustment that releases so much pressure for everybody. You get to eat lunch with your mm-hmm. kid and then your spouse also gets to go and do something human that's not going to burn them out. That's healthy for everybody. Yeah. Who knows what the world's yeah, going to look like? And, and then you wonder how the dominoes fall, right? Who's going to fill the vacuum in all these corporate slots? Who's going to, how is it going to affect local businesses and small businesses to have more people home? You know, is it right? all right. these questions mm-hmm. and these puzzle pieces and so much of what's been exposed yeah. this past year, I think, if you ask me, it's something that we all knew and it's something that's always driven me nuts. But you sit here and you go, it's money. It's insurance. It's all these things mm-hmm. that feel like they have us by the balls. 
pardon the expression, yeah. but then you sit here and you go, and who is the they? It feels like they have us by the balls. Who is the they? Who is the they? Chris, exactly. Who is the they? Who is the they that is telling us that we have to live our lives this way? Who is the they that we are so afraid of that we're gonna we're like, what are why I don't know, why are we working this job in the first place? Like who is that person? Who are those people? <laughs> who yeah. decided that we were supposed to work five days a week? you know, eight hours a day commuting two and a half, an hour, two and a half hours back and forth and just basically wasting away. You know, we weren't, we weren't built as humans to, to do that. We weren't built to sit at a desk all day and stare at a computer. Like we were hunters, we're gatherers, you know, you take a crossbow and you go outside and you, you know, find your dinner. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's what you're into, but <laughs> it's, you know, I think that it's, you know, the, the, the staying home and quarantine is, I think we, um, you know, beating the horse to death is, we all knew it, but it's a blessing and a curse. You know, it was, it was a terrible time, but I really think it uncovered a lot of good for people, a lot of, you know, self-discovery for me personally, did a lot of soul searching. Um, I mentioned, you know, streaming on Twitch. Um, I have met so many people from all around the world. Uh, with different backgrounds, different cultures, different um, just uh, ways of life and just so much been greeted with so much kindness from so many different people. And I never would have done that had it not been for quarantine and just like trying to find something to do, you know? So I have this whole new outlook on life that it's like, these people are living these beautiful, fruitful lives and doing the things that they want to do and living their lives for themselves. and it's just like, wow, like I can, I can do that too. Like, I don't have to be afraid. Like we're going to be fine. It always ends up okay in the end and we're all going to be okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's no. just, it's all going to be okay. I want to go down that rabbit hole just to put a button <laughs> on some of the thoughts from our prior conversation. Cause I really love, I really love how you were revealing crossbows and I was kind of like giggling about it and answering questions, but then it comes down to this idea of, no, it's this, it's this access to self-determination. It's this, it's this idea that mm -hmm. you keep saying, I was just staring at the walls of a cubicle. I was looking at my phone all day cause it felt purposeless. And this crossbow mm -hmm. thing, you know, no offense. I think, you know, what a weird thing to say. I quit my job and now I sell crossbows. That as a sentence is weird, but then you go- It's fucking weird. It's real weird, dude. It's real it's, weird. It's real weird. It's <laughs> yeah. real weird. <laughs> but then you say it's invigorating and then you sit here and you go, I'd rather do that than just work endlessly on this hamster wheel. And, and I, I sit here and I go, because mm -hmm. look, I'm one of the people that has managed to get away with chasing my dream forever. And even I sit here and go- Yeah. I sit here, I go, I'm happy about some of the stuff I've been able to do. But I tell you, the only reason I do any acting anymore is because that's how I get my health insurance. And I sit here, I go, mm -hmm. I do this thing I don't really have that much love for anymore. I could be taping more episodes of Beautiful Anonymous. I could be scheduling more road gigs. Mm -hmm. And I got to do this for insurance. I got to do this for insurance. It's and then I sit here and go, maybe I should just eat it. Maybe I should just see what the ACA has for a family like mine. Eat the cost. Schedule a few mm -hmm. more road gigs to make up. Mm -hmm. for I don't know. And, and then I go, I sit here and go, man, but the beautiful anonymous contract, it's so nice that I get to live off this. But 
it's going to run out someday. Mm -hmm. Am I, am I going to be screwing myself? What happens mm -hmm. then? Do I go to Patreon? Will the people come with me? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Mm -hmm. I have effectively been so selling. Unknown. I've been lucky for 20 years. I've been selling my crossbows, so to speak. And there's still so much stress. <laughs> Let's not pretend that it's just, oh, I discovered right. this thing. And now it's easy street in many, in so many ways. It is, it is, what, what would I say? It's like, it is more pride and a clearer vision of who you are. And in that sense, it removes a ton mm -hmm. of stress, but the hustle and the uncertainty and the grit of doing something like what you're doing mm -hmm. and that I am my way have done, those add their own level of stress. Mm -hmm. So to anybody out there who's gone, yeah, we can all do it. Let's also not pretend that it doesn't take an immense amount of work and bring its own uncertainty. Cause when you opt out of the system- Oh, absolutely. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. do you have a pension anymore? Do you have insurance anymore? Maybe. Exactly. Is it what it used to be? Exactly. Almost Where, definitely I don't, not. What do I do with what do I do with my four hundred one k? I have no idea. Like what, what? What? What is that now? I'm not putting any money in there. And but society tells you that you're supposed to have a four hundred one k. When you turn sixty five, then you have money to live off of. You know. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it. There's so much uncertainty, and I mean that's what kept me from quitting for so long. Was that I just was. What am I going to do? I can't quit my job. Like, uh, I'm very fortunate. You know, my husband um, also works full time. And, uh, you know, when when this happened, I was like, I don't want to put the burden completely on you. I, I just need some time to figure this out. I, I got to go. But it's uh, it was, you know, the best the best decision I ever made was to leave. <laughs> but mm -hmm. the uncertainty of you know, yeah, what am I going to do? Like, I, I'm not putting anything into a 401k anymore. What am I going to do when I turn 65? Like, but why do I have to worry about that? Like, why am, am I so worried about making as much money as I possibly can? Like, why is that so ingrained in us at, at such an early age? That's all my parents talked about. It's like, you have to go to college, you have to get a great job and you, you work and you, and you make as much money as possible and you will be happy. And that's just not the case. It's not true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just not, it's not true. But yes, what you're saying is absolutely true. There are so many uncertainties that come with just quitting a corporate job. You know, they, they give you all of the benefits and, you know, it was, it was cushy. I'm not going to lie. It was, it, I made, I made decent money. I had, um, you know, the opportunity for full insurance and, uh, and all of that, everything, all the bells and whistles, but, and I gave that all up. And the, and the corporation's probably going to be there in five years. And you don't know if people are going to be buying crossbows in five years. I don't know if anybody's going to want to exactly. buy a ticket to see me in eight months. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. So that. It's, that, and, it's that uncertainty for sure. Absolutely. And then another thing, because I think about stuff like this so much. Another thing I might put out there for people too is if there's people going – I'm not in a position to quit my corporate job. I think there is another version of what you and I are saying that's very important, which is go get your 401k, mm -hmm. go get your pension and your health, go do it, go make that money that gives you a nice, nice lifestyle. But mm -hmm. if you're feeling stifled mm -hmm. and you're feeling suffocated because of a work situation, mm -hmm. I think it's on time for all of us to admit how unhealthy that has been. And maybe we haven't realized it. So maybe, yep. maybe you keep all that stuff and you go, but you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to take a month off and go drive around in an RV every year, or I'm really passionate about uh, camping or pottery 
or whatever it is, mm -hmm. or I want to take my kids mm -hmm. and make sure that they have this experience that I never had. So I'm going to hustle hard, even though I'm tired. And I'm going to make sure that I'm going to take them on all these adventures that I always wish I could have gone on. The point is mm -hmm. fulfillment. And the point is that the last year I think has taught so mm -hmm. many of us that money is not, not only is money not, money is a nice thing. There's been stretches in my mm -hmm. life where I had very little money. There's been a couple mm -hmm. of years there where I, it's also funny because I'm, I'm, I'm still doing well, but I'll tell you, I'm in a position where I make, right now I make, this year I'm making one fifth of what I made, 2017, 20% of what I, and now mm -hmm. 2016, 2017, look it up. I had a couple, I had a hot streak, mm -hmm. man. This Between this podcast, mm -hmm. TV show, HBO special, and a book deal, I'm never going to have a couple years like that again. But we live in a society that goes, if you make less than you made last year, you're failing. And I have learned, no, I'm exactly. not. No, I'm not. And I think we're all mm -hmm. learning that. Money is comfort, mm -hmm. but it's not pride. Mm -hmm. It's not self-worth. It's it's monetary worth. It's, it's self-worth and monetary it's worth. It's not self-worth. And these, uh, mm -hmm. this pandemic, I think for a lot of us has made us go, oh, monetary worth and self-worth, they don't equal out. And we got to start prioritizing the one that we haven't been prioritizing enough. And I am very mm -hmm. excited to see what happens moving forward. Now tell me about Twitch. You making money on Twitch too? We've been talking so much about how the corporate life is the enemy. Now let's now tell me you making money on Twitch, that sweet, sweet money. All right. Help this show make some money by uh, supporting our advertisers. We'll be right back. Thanks again to everybody who sponsors this show, allows us to bring it to the world. Now we're going to finish off this phone call. Moving forward. Now tell me about Twitch. I am too. You making money on Twitch too? Twitch? I mean, not that. I mean, not really. Not really. I mean, it's not It's not a sustainable career. It's not. Unless you're you're huge and you have millions and millions of followers, which is just not, that's not really what's important to me. Like it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's fucking cool, man. It's, uh, I, I do like a, I do like a, uh, I don't know, whatever. I don't care. Um, I do like a coffee talk in the morning and it's, um, it, it was something that I started doing while I was still working as like a, an outlet for me to kind of like, I don't know, get that feeling of like being in the office and having like, um, the chit chat, you know, kind of with your peers or whatever. Um, and I started doing that and, um, got kind of involved with a couple of different communities in like the discord, uh, type, uh, area and getting to know just a whole bunch of people. And, um, I, I mean, I make a little bit of money, but it's, it's, there's no way that I could do it full time and, and it be sustainable, which is yeah. fine. Like it, we're not talking cross, we're not talking crossbow money, which to be fair, the crossbow money is way less than what I was making when I was working the corporate job, which is fine. Um, but it's that has been Twitch has been such a fruitful experience for me. Like I was saying earlier, just meeting people from all over the world and getting to know people that I never ever would have met and these this these communities that we've built and the people that I've met and I've made genuine real connections with with people that I've never even met face to face and these people come in and they say they that I make their day or that I I will just say something like I just say good morning to them or I hope you have a great day and they're like this is what 
I've been missing and like, this is what I needed. And that to me is, is more fulfilling than anything is to just feel connected to other people and to feel like they, to remind them that they have a purpose and that they are human. And that if you're going through something, you have to remember that we're all going through the same things. We're all, we're all in this together, you know? So it's, that has just been, it's just been an incredible experience for me. I wish I could do it full time. <laughs> but like we said, it's like money is, is nice and you do have to pay your bills. So <laughs> working the crossbow gig, that's my, that's my day job, I guess. So that, that pays the bills, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey and I am so excited for the future and um really excited for some projects I'm working on and it's, it's just cool. It's just, it's really exciting. So. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, it's also, it's lucky mm -hmm. and not, not everybody's there. Not everybody was handed a fair deal exactly. in life. Not everybody, mm -hmm. not every, uh, there's people who have challenges where they can't, not, you know, not everybody has stability. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. But to hear that you're doing something where you go, I wake up, I go on Twitch in the morning, people tell me that it makes them feel good, and I sell crossbows, <laughs> and then it sounds like then you hang out with your husband. Yeah, and he's great. It's very blessed. It's it very it blessed. is very blessed. It's very lucky. It's very blessed, and I, it's hard to remember that, you know, when you're going through such a tough time and you, you, you know, with with feeling like just really overwhelmed with everything as far as with the corporate job there there there's i could deep, dive deep into another conversation about all of all of the you know uh sexism in the workplace and things like that and my experience with that but it's it's uh, it's just it feels so good to be doing other things now <laughs> this feels just feels really mm -hmm. so much better weight lifted and just it it feels good to be connected to people to let them know that they matter you know some of these people that i talk to it's they don't have they don't have families they don't have support systems you know um a lot of uh you know uh lgbtq community members you know that kind of come in and out and it's you know you just want to be supported you want to be seen and they tell me these stories about their parents you know and and how you know people just are just so un they're making these people feel so unloved and it's like I just want people to feel loved and I want people to be comfortable and it's like I'm, if I can create a space a small tiny little space on your screen for a, a few minutes that makes you feel comfortable that means so much more to me than a 401k or whatever I'll I'll figure it out you know it's just it's it's a really really great feeling it's awesome. I sometimes think I've been thinking a lot lately, and some of this also might just be like between turning 40, moving out of New York City, becoming a father, pandemic hitting. I was built for some midlife crisis <laughs> moments, and I have had them this year. Mm -hmm. um, in in w some ways that are kind of like innocuous and kind of hilarious, and in other ways where it's like, whoa, dude time to get let's go back to therapy yep. once a week instead of once a oh, month yep. guy let's that, do it I, had those yep, I, I went back to therapy too yep <laughs> once a week yep I, mm -hmm. there's times where i think like i there's times where i've been like man like 
if anybody out there owns a comic book store in northern New Jersey and needs somebody to come work like two shifts a week, I just have always loved comic books and I've gotten really back into it. And then I sit there and go, ah, no, there's, you know, there's somebody who needs that mm-hmm. job and it's not just like a cushy thing for me to feel occupied. But I sit here, I go, man, I wish there was something like small I could do in my hands close to mm-hmm. home, help some business yeah. out, just go do yeah. it. Just go do it. And I'm now at a point where like people don't, there was a stretch. Part of why I was so happy to move out of New York was because there was a stretch where I was doing enough stuff and people were recognizing me a lot. It was like actually extraordinarily stressful. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, now I'm past that. Maybe I can just go work at a comic book store and people won't be like, didn't you stop that weird TV show? (laughs) You played Dwight's friend on The Office, right? Like I get less of that now. Might be time. Might be time. Maybe you can open your own comic book shop. Can you imagine uh, working a weekday shift at a comic store before the kids are out of school, just like stocking the shelves and reading the comic? That would be the best. Anyway, so so we have about fourteen minutes Mm -hmm. left. Mm You said you could speak to, and it sounds like something that's important for you to speak to that I want to hear because it's something I haven't had to deal with. Sexism in this corporate world. Sounds like it really it dragged, dragged it down. me down. And I am so shocked at how, how prevalent it is now in 2021 that we still have the, these situations. I would sit on a call, Chris, and I would say something and people would say, no, no, that's not a good idea. Then 10 minutes later, somebody else, a, a male in the room would say the exact same thing maybe just tweak it just a little bit and say, this is a great idea. And everyone would be like, be like, Oh, that's a, that's a great idea. Why didn't we think of that before? And I'm just sitting here fuming because it's like, nobody is listening to me because they think that I'm just like this young, dumb girl. And I was good at what I did. I was very good at what I did. It was overwhelming to a certain extent because people wouldn't let me do my job. People didn't trust me um, that I was the only woman who would be sitting in on some of these meetings of 20, 25 men in the, in the room. And I couldn't get a word in edgewise. Nobody wanted to listen to me. Nobody would say hello to me. I would go and visit. Um, there's like, like a, a, a manufacturing facility, we'll call it. And I would go and I would visit to see the, the people that worked on the floor. And I, I would try to say hello to these people. And they, they wouldn't even say say hi to me. They they wouldn't even acknowledge that I was there, um, and they would just be like, "Oh, can I help you?" And it's like I'm here just to to learn about the systems, and I want to see how you're making these items. Like I want to learn so I can do my job better. And there was just there was so much dismissiveness, and just the way that people would talk to me was just so demeaning and just so horrible that they would just, I, they would be so angry all of the time when things wouldn't be going their way. And there are certain things that, you know, I can't control. There are certain things to, that I can't control, but I'm going to tell you how, how I'm handling it. And nobody would trust the way that I was handling anything. And people would just go behind my back and, and try to fix things, but they only made them worse. And so, and when you would try to talk to people, it was just, I was, I was difficult to work with. There were a lot of people that were just like, oh, she, she doesn't know how to handle herself in a conversation. No, I'm speaking the exact same tone that you were speaking to me in 
but for some reason i'm 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 the bitch like i'm i'm the one who is overstepping because i'm raising my voice because you aren't listening to me so i i i sat on a call one time and i just uh <laughs> there was a, a a man who was very very high up on this call and i was trying to speak to something and i had said, well, I just don't know the answer right now. I will have to get back with you. And he said, he said to me, this department and you should be smarter than this. And that's when I knew that was six months before I put my notice in, but that's when I knew I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Why am I sitting here listening to these people just talk so rudely and terribly to me? It was, it, it was, it was like a punch in the gut every single day when it was like, I would feel really good about, about something I did and I knew it was good work and I would like hand it in and people would just be like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Oh, this changed and this changed. And why, why didn't you know that this changed? And it's like, well, nobody told me that it changed. There's no process that this, this, this change that I'm supposed to know, can somebody teach me? And people would be like, no. Like, we're not going to teach you. So it was like I was just on this, this, I was treading water. It felt like I was, felt like I was swimming and swimming and swimming. And I would like reach out and I was trying to like grab bits and pieces to like hold on to. And it's like, I'm trying to float down this raging river and other people are just like going by on their boats and they're saying like, ah, and I'm like, hey, can, can you like throw me a life jacket? Can you just like help me? And they're like, ah, no no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like go up here and like, no, no, like, you'll be fine. Just, just keep swimming and you'll figure it out. But there was never any sort of like help that was ever given to me. I would reach out for it and it would just be like met with no responses from these people. And it just felt, it felt so dismissive. And I, I felt and knew that it was because these people didn't trust me because I was a young woman and they didn't think I was smart enough to be doing the job. And I was smart enough to be doing the job. And that was after 15 years there. Mm -hmm. huh? Well, it, it was this job that I, my, my whole work history is a little colorful, but like I started working in a, in a corporate job and I bounced around to different, different companies, I guess. But this, this most Got recent it. one was very toxic and, I just, I, I was shocked by the, uh, the way that just, Chris, the tone of some of these people, the way they would speak to me was just like, are you serious right now? I'm trying to have a conversation with you and you're questioning everything that I'm doing in front of 25 other people on a phone call. It was, it was embarrassing. Yeah. It was embarrassing. And as... It sounds like even if uh, even if people said, "Hey, there's some, you know, you need to get up to speed on this and that," it sounds like hearing that of why is this not like a behind closed doors conversation that people, can educate people me would versus be having throwing me under the bus exactly, in front of twenty five people. Exactly, and that's all I wanted. All I wanted was I was reaching out to people saying, "I want to learn. Teach me." please teach me. I was like the, the little boy in Oliver, you know, please, sir, can I have some more? Like, that's all I, all I wanted was just, please give me something, please. Like I just, and nobody wanted to teach me. Nobody could be bothered. Nobody had the time. And it was like, I just, 
I, I don't understand why nobody wanted to help. I mean, we all wanted to be successful. We all did. Uh, I wanted to be successful. I, I mm-hmm. knew what I was doing. I was good at my job. But there were certain t- things that were happening, the very specific things that it's like these conversations would be taking place. I wasn't present for about things that I'm in charge of, but I'm supposed to just read minds. And then if I didn't know then I was an idiot or be, then being made to feel like I'm an idiot in front of 25 other people, 25 other men will say too. Can I ask, cause here's something I worry about in, in, in recent years in particular, cause tides are turning in a way where people are really making an effort and, and you're seeing a lot of good, but then I have to wonder, <clears throat> excuse me, did you ever feel like when you were in those moments, when you're the only, when you're the, you, you described it as saying you're the only woman in mm-hmm. the room and then you're getting talked down to in front of, you know, 25 people on a phone call here. Do you ever feel like, I worry that this is happening to people that, did you ever feel tokenized? Did you ever feel like you're, I'm in here so you can say that you aren't all men 100%. in the room and that's not worth it? See, that bothers me so much because the goal goal of this, the goal of these social pushes should not be that at all. It should go, hey, you need a more well-rounded perspective Mm -hmm. and you need, your company will be healthier if you have perspective that accounts for huge swaths of the Mm -hmm. population, whether that's, you know, whether that's in your case, they're saying, well, we have a a female voice in the room. Well, no, you're not allowing that perspective mm-hmm. that taps into that entire swath of population that goes for people of color, yeah. LGBTQ, yeah. everything. It feels so awful to me that people are asked to check boxes. That's, that's. It's awful. And I don't. It's an extension of the old way. It's not embracing exactly. the new way. The old way is still there. And I don't, I don't get it. It, 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 it blows my mind that it's still happening. It's, 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 it's out there. It's happening. And when I did my exit interview, I, I laid it all out for, for the, the woman in HR. And I told her, I said, this is a problem. I said, if you get another woman in here in this position, I said, it, the exact same thing is going to happen to them that happened to me. And I, they will leave <laughs> because nobody deserves to be treated that way. Nobody. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's so mm-hmm. sad. I, I cannot believe the lack of diversity that, that was existing in this realm. And it's just like, you look around and you just see, you know, white male, white male, white male, white male. And they're all very, you know, smart and talented and, you know, maybe know what they're doing, but it's like, there's something wrong. There's something wrong here. How do we fix it? And I, I think in my own small way, by leaving and being vocal about the reasons why I was leaving, maybe something will change. <laughs> maybe. But who knows? It might still just be as bad. And it, it kills me. It kills me to think that we're still living in a world that, that thinks that way. It kills me. Absolutely kills me. Yeah. It, I find myself saying on the show lately too, like, I don't understand why certain things are controversial. Mm-hmm. And I learned it when I had my TV show of like, we had our writer's room and I really made a point of going, I want 
I want a lot of voices in there that aren't exactly. like mine. And then what I found, because I'm sitting here going, you know why? Because I have my strengths and I have my perspective. And there's enough, uh, there's enough writers in this room who have been with me from the start who have that, those perspectives. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was there were a whole bunch of ideas we were able to do on our show that I probably wouldn't have been able to, I wouldn't have been within my rights to do because it's not my right to say it, but I can go, oh, hey, like we have a writer who just said, I want to take that idea. That's rad. And it becomes more of their thing. And I get to go, cool, have fun with it. Happy to spearhead it and build it together and just do bits where I go, yeah, there's people here who can step up and are in the inner circle of the show. I trust, but, and, and who can do this thing that's topical or deals with it. And, and I don't understand. It's like, you said the word diversity in there. And I feel like there's people who at this point, their knee jerk reactions probably go, Oh my God, that's such a buzzword. And I, I kind of feel like, well, it's, it's, it's just like, well, what if it, it wasn't yeah. like, what if we got to a point where it wasn't? And it was just, we all go ecosystems are healthier in, in nature and in every other way. Ecosystems are healthier when they're mm-hmm. balanced and it helps you and it helps your company. And I've experienced that mm-hmm. personally. Very true. That's my that, that's my that's my opinion. That's um, <laughs> I that ninety eight percent of the people listening to this saw coming and already <laughs> yeah, agree right, with. Exactly. Thank you, beautiful anonymous exactly. listeners. And, and if anybody is bothered by, bothered by diversity, they I don't know. They need to read a book. I don't. <laughs> it's just the fact that people. I, I mean, if people have said it to me you know, in passing and just strange conversations, you know, having with some of these people in that world is like, well, I don't understand if we've got somebody that's, that can do the job and they're white, then why does it matter? Well, it does fucking matter. Like exactly what you said, the ecosystem is better when it's balanced. It works better when it's balanced. When you have different perspectives from different backgrounds, every single one of these people has the same background. I have the same background, you know, and I want to be challenged. I want to be the dumbest person in the room. I want somebody to to teach me. I want people to be willing to teach me things that I don't know. And if you're not willing to do that, then I, that's sad. <laughs> and I also feel like it's the type of work that will take raising a generation with this goal, maybe two, maybe three. And then what'll happen is we'll get to a world mm-hmm. where we go, you know, in 50 years, if, um, if some kind of room in any type of business does have mostly white men, well, maybe we'll be at a point socially then where we go, oh, cool, they had the best applications and that's what works for this job. But we can feel comfortable with that because we know that all over the world, there's other people who aren't that, who are also getting hired because now this, now the world works where they're going out and getting great jobs too. And it's not, it's not working from a point of disadvantage anymore. So we can trust that. We can trust that. Let's build a system we can trust because in so many exactly. ways right now, it's just a exactly. Rigged, exactly. It's a rigged game. And we know it. It is. It is a rigged game. It's a rigged game and we know it. And how do we fix it? <laughs> how do we fix it? And I'm I, I'm in, I'm at this place in my work life where I'm like, how do I help? How do I fix it? Like I I wanna be passionate about that type of stuff. And it's like, what what can I do to help bring awareness to this and help better society as a whole. So just a lot of self-realization there that it's like, I can be doing more. And if it starts with me just talking to people on Twitch and telling them that they're worth, worth more than what they feel, then that's, 
that's where I start, you know? I love it. Our time is up. What a beautiful thought to close on. Oh, it was lovely. It was so lovely to talk to you, Chris. You as well. Caller, thank you. Thanks for ending on such a lovely thought. And I really loved it. I really loved talking about stuff that was kind of weird and funny, but also inspiring. And then cutting deeper and remembering it all comes from a place of wanting to kind of kick down some of the doors that you feel have been slammed in your face. I love that. I love that. I am built to get revved up by conversations like that. Thanks for having it with me. And thank you to Anita Flores, to Jared O'Connell, as well as Marcus Hom, to Shellshack. I'm getting road dates together again. I am so excited. ChrisGeth.com. Keep your eye over there if you want to know if I'm coming to your town. Wherever you listen to the show, if it's on Apple or Sirius, Pandora, there's, there's some version of a button. It says follow, subscribe, favorite, click it. It helps us. Honestly, please do it. And if you're tired of the ads, you want the show with no ads, you want the entire back catalog with no ads, stitcherpremium.com slash stories for info. 